0: When you Angie that, download the free Angie mobile app today, or visit Angie.com. That's A N G I.com.
1: Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May
0: 31st, we'll give you five dollars for every twenty you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine—you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall. Less work, more clean. Terms apply.
1: Okay, we got a little bit of a different setup today. I got an intro for you. Keep it official. (laughs) Today's guest is a business owner turned YouTube creator. If you've ever bought wheels and tires for your car, you've probably helped him afford the $30 million in cars sitting behind us right now that he gladly hands the keys over to pretty much anyone to experience and drive. Welcome on the podcast, Steve Hamilton.
2: Thank you, gentlemen. It's uh, awesome to be here
1: at at my headquarters, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, like, thanks, "Thanks for having us. us.
3: Thanks for letting us tear apart your shop and your couch setup and all that."
2: My pleasure, young man. Yeah, this is sweet, dude. It's thank quite, you.
1: quite the setup yeah. here.
2: What do you call this? The car condo? Uh, yeah, we call it the car condo or a THC HQ, the Hamilton Collection headquarters. That's that's usually what we call it in the text. Yeah, dude, this is sick. And this, thank you.
1: This is new. You guys just moved from your
2: house? Uh, yeah, everything was stored in my house. Prior to that, we had a much smaller unit here, so small unit only fit seven cars, and then I built my house to accommodate like. 15 cars, and then it got, the collection got to like 25, 28 cars. So we needed this pretty quickly. Steve, I don't
1: know if you even know this, but we've been working with Custom Offsets. I know. Which you're an owner of for like, I'd say four years now. I think it was like 2018. Yeah. yeah. When we first had, uh, we brought our truck to Banker and he built it for us down there. Um, so, I mean, our viewers... Are super familiar with custom offsets, fitment industries. So we thought it'd be really cool to show the man behind the business. Sure, and, uh, you, you're becoming a little bit more public with your YouTube channel, the Hamilton yeah. Collection. But before that, it was nothing. Like you were, you were just like you were just the businessman, and yep. you left all the content creation to the custom offset guys, and you were kind of
2: just behind the uh, curtains, right? Yeah, exactly, totally behind the scenes. And then, um, technically, I kind of stepped away from day to day activity, and then I got bored immediately. So mm-hmm. Part of that's why we started the Hamilton Collection a little over a year and a half ago. And so the channel's done really well in just a year and a half and took a lot of what I learned from Custom Offsets, Fitment, and all the other companies. um, Added my own clever spin, my personality. We have a great, awesome team behind us with Natalia, Tommy, Aiden, and then Lawrence, who does some editing. So um, just a combination of us all makes for a really fun time. Well, it's it's
3: kind of cool because a lot of people... Become YouTubers to buy cars and yeah. to kind of do stuff, but you've almost done it in reverse, where you had the business, you had seen success, and then you started YouTubing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of strange. And the awesome thing about that is because I, I still have the businesses and they're still generating income, I can I don't have to worry about this being an income stream. To be honest with you, so mm-hmm. and that's that's a huge part of the reason why we we give everything back, and so every every profit and the, and then some we give back. Um, there's no money that gets paid out. I mean, technically all the money gets paid to me and then my wife and I go donate it. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. Sharing the cars with the community and then giving back everything that we earn to, uh, to make sure that people are taken care of, I guess.
1: So it, it didn't start this way though. You didn't have all these cars growing up. You had no. a very humble, you come from very humble beginnings. Sure. Uh, I think to tell your story, we got to just start at the very beginning. Yeah. So the audience really just knows the come up story. Uh, so how did you get into the wheel and tire industry?
2: I guess backing up, given a little more background, like I had to work for everything that I had. I was just joking with my brother yesterday. We were at this little popcorn, uh, popcorn shop downtown Wheaton that uh, that sells like penny candy. It still actually does have penny candy, even in, with inflation and everything. They have penny tootsie rolls. Um, and I remember being 12 years old and lying on the application that I was 14 to be able to get a job there. It just showed that like, I look at the age of my middle son and he's 12 and I'm like, God, I was, I was that young understanding that, you needed to have money to be able to get things because there was no money at home. Like there was there was nothing. Like I had to go, there would be field trips and I would have to show up without $5 with the permission slip, but no money. And the teacher would be like, oh, well, we'll, we'll make it happen somehow. And I don't know if they still charge for field trips at school, but I didn't get to do like, there's a big Springfield trip. There's a big Washington DC trip. Like forget about all that stuff. Um, you really learn the value of a dollar early. And so I was extremely driven, tried to get that job at 12, they must have run a, ran a social security check and that, that didn't happen. Um, started working at age 13. There's some weird law in Illinois that allows you to be like a caddy at a golf club. And uh, you, you don't even have to have, you're not on payroll. Like you can receive cash and there's some just odd caveat where that was okay. 14, 15, worked at McDonald's. Uh, 16 and on for the most part, worked at Jewel, which is a local grocery store. And so like always had that drive, always had that entrepreneurial spirit. There were some other things that I started kind of in between with radio installation, with uh, bike repair and uh just kind of use that drive to realize that there was a need for wheels and tires so this was like 2003 i was in my second year of community college and um i just was looking for wheels online and realized that a people were being successful at it and b like i could probably go do this myself so i found a way to to get direct with the manufacturer It took a little bit of finesse and uh, i was able to discover what the actual buying price of these wheels that i was looking at i was looking at what they were selling on ebay and this was like almost before drop shipping was a thing. So everything is about timing, right? So right now it's freaking impossible to get into drop shipping, even though YouTube will confuse people into thinking that everybody can be a drop shipper. It's, it's like harder, <laughs> so much harder now to be successful because you're going up against guys like me that have been doing this for 20 years. They get the best price that stock that can ship faster. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just started on eBay, drop shipping, selling wheels out of my mom's apartment. And the first, I didn't have to have any money to start it. And the first week I was receiving money from customers going and buying the product shipping it and then keeping the uh, leftover money. It was pretty sweet.
1: How'd you finesse them into,
2: into, believing that you were like a wholesaler or a dealer? I, I called up and I said, I was just around ra- I'm just like, what's my price on these Eagle 077s? They're like, well, are you a shop? Actually, the guy I talked to, his name was Paul and he, he talks, he said, Hey man, are you a like shop? That's just how we call it. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I later on, every time I'd call and check on a wheel, it would always be fruit dollar. I'm like, Paul, we've been doing this for two years, bro. Stop doing the fruit uh joke. Anyway, that's story for another day. But um, the second time I called because they wouldn't give me the pricing first. I'm like, Hey, this is Steve from uh, Wheaton Firestone. Could you give me a price on that uh, Eagle 077? And then like, without hesitation, they're like, yeah, it's 89 bucks a wheel. I'm like, Hmm. well, that was pretty easy to go get that price. Um, and while wow, there's money to be made, I need to go over there and get set up as soon as possible. And I just had this little business card for radio installation that I was doing. It was totally not a registered LLC or anything. I mean, I was 19 <laughs> years old at the time. I'm um, just doing it on the side. And they've signed me up on just a business card. Like nobody else would do that. Um, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Um, but after like a week or so, they immediately needed proof that I was a business because I'd already bought like five or six sets. They're like, this guy's not going to float under the radar. So um, yeah. So, and, then, and then, I but I had the money and I had that like, at that point, I'm like, this works. Like I'm going to figure out how to go get myself legal. And, uh, I was able to do that. So, nice. wow!
1: so were you like passionate about wheels or you just saw money to be made and you were like, I'm going to just go all in on that because I can make yeah. the most money. I think it's both.
2: Uh, I, I liked wheels. I ha- I had these wheels already actually on my car and I was, what I was looking for was them in 18 inch. That's where the idea birthed. So it, it didn't come to me when I first bought wheels from them, which I happen to have bought from that Firestone, by the way, uh, <laughs> it was when I wanted to upgrade. So I was very into customizing my vehicle and like um, there, there's a joke about CD players where every like birthday or, or, and I've been with my wife since I was, she was 15, I was 16. So she'd buy me a CD player for my car. And I'd always have every three months, I'd have a different piece of crap. And, uh, the joke was I'd, I'd put the CD player and in, install it and then sell the car. And like, she'd have to get me a new CD player. <laughs> um, and so always customizing with that. I I've done engine swaps myself. Um, even the stupid, stuff where you're just throwing stickers and making your car look special, but right. like al- always into wheels and automotive customization.
4: What kind of cars were you dealing with back then?
2: My first car ever was an 84 Z28 that I had when I was 14. I bought it from a fellow McDonald's employee, drove at to school at age 14 one nice. time, uh, drag raced in a cemetery and <laughs> I could never get the title. See, I didn't know what I was doing oh. at the time. Didn't have great mentors as parents. Uh, so Yeah. I had to, had to part that vehicle out. Um, my first vehicle after that was the day I got my license. I went and bought, or like right around the day I got my license, I bought a 79 F 250 for like 500 bucks. And, uh, it was a really special car to me. I tried finding it again, just because it was my first, but it was an absolute piece Mm -hmm. of crap. And I've probably had, I don't know, maybe 15 cars from that until I started my business that were all, you know, sub $2,000 hunks of crap. Just flipping them and It wasn't intentional. I just got bored of them. Like, I I don't think I even made money on most of them. I think I lost money on the vast majority of them. Uh, It was more just like, yeah, (laughs) money on everything he touches. It's funny because my brother, Joel, who's also an owner at all the companies, like, I, d- I never understood it. Like he, he wasn't trying either, but he would always make money. Like no matter what he bought, I'd be like, how did you go make a thousand bucks? And I think it was patience. I think that was the difference where I'd be like, nah, I'm sick of that car. Like, I'm just going to throw it out, offer it at a cheap deal. Hope I get some cash, go buy another car. But like, that's when the addiction truly started to cars. Uh, I didn't have 15 cars at the time, but I had 15 cars over like a three year period. So, So you've always been a car guy. Always. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, some people just have it when making money, like flipping and wheeling and dealing like that, and some yep. people just don't. Yeah, I'm one <laughs> of the people who don't. I think you're right. I think it's patience. Like, yeah. I've
3: impulse bought my last two vehicles. Nice. I mean, which is fun, but it's it definitely is not good for the the trade-in value the on wallet. that. They, yeah, they the hard the on the
2: wallet. I mean, half of what you see behind you were impulse buys, but <laughs> they were like three-day, well-thought, well-shopped using my like network of people that find off-market cars so like at this point when you buy this many cars you connect with a lot of people a lot of people know off-market cars and and that kind of becomes the thing when it's super hyper and then you can eventually find like that pagani roadster that i just bought i bought at a really good deal where i know that i could sell that within a month and probably make you know three five hundred thousand dollars and so that's same with the LaFerrari that i got i will be i will be patient if i need to be um, but i'll be impulsive if a deal comes around right away i had waited I don't know, nine months. And I kept saying, I, I need to get a LaFerrari Ferrari at $3 million. Like I have to get it at 3 million. They're all going for three, five, three, seven. And then I got a phone call um, from someone and he's like, it has an oil leak, but it's going to get fixed. Um, but I can do it at 3 million. And I'm like, what color? He's like black. I'm like, well, that's a rare color. I have no problem waiting a month for something to get fixed on someone else's dime. Uh, hell yeah, I'll take that. Like I've, I've got a half million dollars of instant equity. And it's funny about like the car flipping thing, because as you become a business owner, you just realize that there are so many opportunities out there that people can take advantage of. Like, I, I look at uh, Tommy was just talking about buying a, what's it called, Tommy? RS. Uh, uh, no, the one online, the Vanderhall, right? the oh. three. All right, so he's looking at buying a Vanderhall, and I'm like, I'm like, and, and he does some motorcycle flipping, and he he looks locally, and he does a good job actually flipping. It takes some time, but I'm like, you know, you can run like scrapes to to do nationwide searches, and then have it like hit you. If it's below a certain price, go look at it, buy it, or establish a network of people around that go look and help you. And like, you could you could really flip anything, and and make money if you're good enough at it. And it's just fascinating, especially in the super and hypercar car market, um, where there's a lot of uh, allocations that I get offered to me. Um, that even just a, a commitment for a spot in a car that's coming out in two years, I could get and then flip for a. Mil- I've been offered right. a million bucks plus my deposit that I already put down on a future allocation that I have. It's just nuts. Wow.
4: Obviously, in order to get these cars, you need to have your network like you talked about. Yeah. What's like the buying process look
2: like for that? You, ha- you have to have straight cash or? like You can you can finance uh, for sure, but um, it, it depends. So let's call it kind of three different categories. There's the supercar. Uh, typically, you're going to want to put down, you know, call it 25 plus percent and you can finance. I buy the vast, if not all of my, nah, the vast majority of my supercars, I just pay cash, um, especially now because the interest rates are a little bit higher. Right so it's less attractive to go take a $200,000 loan. Mm -hmm. Um, hypercars are a little hard to afford. Obviously we're talking two plus million dollars. And, uh, so I own a few of them. I finance a few of them. Um, I got a lot of them on notes that were, you know, sub 4% back in the day when it was, uh, a lot cheaper. And so like, I'll put down a half million dollars, or I think I put down, you know, over a million on my P one on my Senna. I put down, I think a half a million and, uh, you do need to put down a higher amount when okay, you're done. That was finance one of my amount. questions. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like you can't, you, you really like, if it's a million plus, you it's can't, you efficient. can't put down like 200, let's say 30 to 40% and you're okay. probably okay. Um, so really someone can't go fake that there. Right. You, you can, you can fake to an extent, but, uh, not at that level. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I counted in my safe. I think I had about 20 titles and we've got just shy of 30 vehicles. So I'm financing, what, eight or nine vehicles. But if I can finance it, you know, 4% average, and I can go invest that money at eight or 9%, like, I almost should finance the entire fleet at that point, if I can go reinvest that money. But I'm at a point in my life where uh, I just really want to simplify things and not have to go work. I mean, two years ago, I owned like, I don't know, 70 different units, apartment buildings, uh, many, many, many businesses, LLCs. And it's, I've, I've scaled it down to 30% of what it was. And I'm trying to get it down to just my core wheel and tire businesses.
4: Why? Just cause simplifying things just cause it's
2: yeah. easier. I mean, I think, uh, I think I look at how many things I was juggling and it's like, gosh, like that's, it's just crazy to think that, that someone can mentally handle that much. Um, and I've gotten to a point where, where I think the net worth is, is just high enough. Like I've, and I've worked extremely hard my entire life for it. So Mm. part of it's just burnout. Um, and part of it's just like, you know, my kids are, my oldest is a teenager now. And like, I just really want to simplify life. Now I've given them a lot of time. I think I've done a great job, like making sure that all we have plenty of family time, probably more than your average nine to five job even. Um, because I find time I can do a lot of what I do remotely. I can go vacation, but sneak work in all throughout the day. Um, but I still just, don't want to have that stress. You know, I've, even with the wheel businesses alone, there's enough equity there where I don't need all of this other stuff. I don't need those other legs to stand on, I guess.
1: It's just doing a bunch of things instead of just doing a couple things really well. Did you find that like you were spreading yourself just too thin? Well, yeah. I mean, it's focusing on like it's the not main even, business.
2: It's not even that I was spreading myself too thin. Like I managed it all it's just when you think that if if something goes it like goes whack with one of the businesses, which two thousand twenty two is a very big struggle for the wheel the wheel industry in general, um, I think it's it's when you you realize that something requires your significant focus that it's very dangerous to have yourself stretched mm-hmm. like that. Now, I wouldn't say I was stretched too thin because I had people like a smart person that, that owns businesses and runs them is not in the trenches of every single business because then you'll never get anything done. So I have great people running my pet supplies plus stores. I have great people, um, running, um, the property. I had a property manager and someone taking care of it, but like, but if crap hits the fans or if that person leaves, um, and while I'm managing the wheel business, like that's, that's a dangerous thing. If I have to jump into managing 60 tenants while working 70, 80 hours. So it's, it's just thinking about what could happen in three to five years. I, I want to have I want to be tied to nothing like it's it's more about like what has leverage on you right so I want to be completely able to detach myself from everything do whatever I want during the day and it just doesn't like it doesn't matter
1: right Mm -hmm.
2: what all do you own the wheel entities and automotive entities are custom offsets fitment industries ma performance out by you guys um, and we acquired them sd wheel mr wheel deal trail built archon anthem anovia God help me if I'm forgetting another business. I know I am for one or two under that umbrella. And then I own the seven Pet Supplies Plus stores, working to sell those two. And I'm selling them at a discount, so I've had a really long line of people interested. And I anticipate those to be gone within about 45 days. They're under contract as well. Um, again, those are managed actually flawlessly. I've, I've had to work, spend a half hour of my time every month on those stores, and they're still being managed well.
3: You know, you, you talked when you were younger. You were like, yes, I just need to work. How do you take working to make money on yourself and then apply that to a business to have the business make you money? Like how did you go from, all right, if I work 50 hours this week, I can afford the thing I want to creating a system behind. Like that's just something that we all would love to do, but it, it's hard without mentors and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. it. Uh, And and I didn't like everybody that, that reaches out to us now, they're, they're seeking mentorship. I never did that because I didn't know. Um, you don't know what you don't know at the end of the day. And so back then it would just be, figuring stuff out on my own like a lot of it was just figuring it out Um, and and I was just really driven and and I was doing a lot of you know, $12 an hour labor. When I started, I was wearing every possible hat when I started the wheel. Um, what was called Steve's discount wheels. That was the first of all of the companies. I hope I didn't forget SD wheel and that whole mix because you know, I, I think, think you said I, it. Yeah. That's, that's what SD
1: I, stands for. Steve's discount.
2: Yes. No what? way. Yeah. So I, so, wonder, so I figured but. it was your middle name. Yeah. Yeah. 19 year old Steve thought it'd be a great corporate name. A uh, real catchy one. <laughs> Steve's discount wheels. <laughs> and when I walked, when I walked into that, always running sales. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And when I walked into the company, the, card for the radio installation was Steve's Discount Radio Installation, like the worst possible, I don't know, just not, <laughs> not, a, not a great like business Most name. Cheaper than the rest. Uh, Yeah, yeah, just a weird like, I don't know, it's weird to include your name and then discount and then, I mean, a lot of people use their name and it works successfully like Jimmy John's, but it's it's more fun to just make up words. Um, like Archon, Archon right. Uh, Funny story about Archon, that's one of our wheel brands and then whenever I see the city Akron, I always fucking call it. Archon. (laughs) It used to be the opposite where everyone got confused and would say Akron when they read it. Now, like in my brain, everything is Archon. Um, but like answering your question, it's just, I just met people along the way. Like you meet good people along the way. You ask them questions. I don't even realize that what I was doing was seeking mentorship, but like, uh, David was a great example in 08 where he was, he worked in the corporate world and he's the one that had um, started Mr. Wheelie with us. Um, he worked in the corporate world and he knew spreadsheets. And so i leaned on him for some advice on how to how to do spreadsheets and then you know at some point pretty quickly after he showed me he's like you need to go like look this up like just just google it like and and he was a good nudge to help me just go figure it out on my own versus asking him to do formulas for me and that was huge because I learned very rapidly how to use a spreadsheet effectively and that's one of the most important things I think that a skill that you need to have when you're going into any corporate position is the ability to work really well in google spreadsheets um, or Microsoft Excel that a lot of people don't realize. So I'm even teaching my 13 year old son how to like catalog his Hot Wheels in there, conditional mm-hmm. formatting, running formulas. Um, but just yeah, that's that's just kind of it. So, just taking even, a piece from everybody. That's you what know. she said. No, Damn, no, that's kind of we got a couple no, no. of those in already today. <laughs> <laughs> that's also what she said. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there will be an endless stream of that. <laughs> yes. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's angi.com. I.com.
3: What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? Maybe one who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time hoping that you won't notice. At Apartments.com, they understand that when it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, they eat what you serve them, and they never clog the toilet. And that's why Apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment that your perfect pet-friendly place becomes available. When I need a new apartment, I will definitely need a pet-friendly choice. So if you guys need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place. Thanks, Apartments.com, for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, can we switch over to cars a little yeah. bit? So we got—we came to Chicago, and we thought it was snowy here because when we kind of forget that it's not winter yeah. until, like, May. You know, we're hoping to bust our cars out in, like, April, and yeah. most people around us would think we are insane yep. for that. So is, what's car culture like down
2: here? Uh, I take my cars out all year long, definitely yeah, less than the nice. winter. I would say this last winter, less than usual, but usually I I have like a super hyper car in my garage and I'm, I'm rocking it three, four times a week. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely dead until about May. Mm-hmm. A- April, there'll be some nice days and we'll try to piece something together. But did you yes. grow up
4: in Chicago then? Or, yeah. Yeah. okay.
2: So what, yeah. what makes you stay just... you could live anywhere obviously that's a really good question i I don't even i think it's fall like i love fall so much that end of august to early september is like i can sit out on my my patio i can watch football and just relax like it's the only i don't know that that's the the most beautiful best time of year and i think that's literally why i'm here
4: seasons change is always the best especially even yeah. for us but then it's like after december you're like all right get the snow out of <laughs> yeah. here like let's, let's i would get say to... no-
2: november 3rd or 4th i'm like yeah. all right it's too cold yeah. yeah uh i should disappear and come back in april or may yeah. they salt the roads here then or oh, yeah so oh, and yeah. you still you're ripping your cars yeah i mean you just yeah, wash but, them i mean and... most of these are like carbon bodies right, right? so, so like don't have to worry they're not gonna it. rust uh so i mean like almost all of these are carbon and if they're not we have a car wash like i can see it from here bright auto detail is yeah 300 feet so as soon as they get here we'll just drop them off there and they get washed right away
4: do people ever give you a little bit of like like the purest purest like give you any
2: oh yeah oh yeah um we get plenty of, we, I mean. About ripping them or just driving them in the winter. Yeah, and so there's a there's a page, a Facebook page that has over 100,000 followers out here. And like, I'm, at one point I was the only guy getting spotted. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm not even trying to get spotted. I just want to go have fun in a car. And like, you yeah. almost feel bad because you're like, gosh, I'm going to get spotted and people are going to hate just because it's the only, it's the only like super hyper car being driven out in this weather. But I try not to let that affect me. Um, we get plenty of hate. I mean, I hate the GTR. So I give that lots what? of hate. Why do you hate um, the G? <laughs> I don't know.
4: I got a GTR. Um, <laughs>
2: uh, you should take that one back with you. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just really don't like it. I think that it's, there's there's a lot of pent up anger for for the the length of time that it took to build um which i've never actually that's stated. 2,000 horsepower isn't it yes Whoa. Crazy, it beat dude. my. It smoked my bugatti right. like in the there's a drag race <laughs> a full-on race it's a, car i mean it looked like it was gonna just like launch into yeah. the sky um I, I mean most of it's just like people just saying like yeah like well, what is it why, why would you drive I'm, and i'm like it's not meant to be it's, to me it's when like, i see you doing that i'm like wow
4: that is so cool like sure. that is like you know, that's the coolest thing. That's like mean. the when ultimate flex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's and one it's, thing to have the cars, but when you actually rip them and drive them, and then especially like you, I don't know how you try. I, I don't like, it's amazing that you're able to just give the keys out to uh, what seemingly seems like anyone. I'm sure it's not well, that's, anyone, that's,
2: but that's changing a little bit. Oh, but, is it? Well, is it? it has to, because uh, my Senna got wrecked by nobody here No, no part of the crew that's here. Um, the Senate got wrecked. So that, that I heard about that. One little thing is making my life very challenging because I, I want to continue to share my cars. Um, but my insurance company who my whom I praise so much country Financial, decided <laughs> to not renew my insurance. So oh they're no. they not going to renew my insurance. So for the whole um, fleet, uh, the whole entire fleet. So I have to figure that out. Now the problem was I was already trying to figure it out. Cause I, I was told that it's probably going to happen, but I felt like I got strung along for a few months because like, it didn't happen. Like the accident happened in, in November and it's like, early february and i'm like okay well they haven't really like, good and did they give you the money yeah for and it? then as soon as i get the money i got a letter and i got a call two That's days later right. so it's like that so was
3: full, for the people yeah. back home how
2: much was the Senna? the Senna was about a million now by the time oh. that by the time that it was wrecked it was worth like one one two one three and then the insurance company i guess legally or they just decide to also pay you tax because if you go buy a new vehicle there's a tax registration so mm-hmm. i got a check for about 1.4 million dollars mm-hmm. If I could go back and do it all again, I I just wouldn't have had that person drive the Senna. Yeah. And I would I would just rather have my car, have insurance. Um <laughs> yeah. apparently the when it's that big of a claim, it goes to a national underwriter level. Like there's one guy, I guess, with country, and this is just what what I heard from them. There's a national guy. He lives in Texas. His son, like, I guess he brought up the name. His son was a avid follower of the channel. And like so he he immediately somehow there was a connection made and immediately like they got the, the adjuster went on YouTube and he's like, Oh my oh, God. No. I like, saw this.
1: That, Not, the 16 year olds driving them to, to prom or to
4: yeah, uh, yep, high yep, school.
2: So I kind of don't, bl- don't blame them. <laughs> we deal uh, with the same thing too. Yeah. They go and yes. watch the videos. It's like, you can't get by with anything. Yeah. So I need to figure that out. Um, now, if you have 25 or more cars in Illinois, you can self-insure. So that's going to be an option. I've also went and quoted with Haggerty and a lot of other people and, and they just rejected, like they saw that Senna claim finally hit. I, I may not be able to insure these vehicles. I probably can insure them all liability, which means that they're not covered in an accident, but the person that gets hit. Um, but then they might have excluded drivers even then. So I, I'm i insured until mid-April. They also mailed me a letter that no one else other than the myself and my wife can drive them. That hasn't stopped. Yeah. Like Ultimately, the cars are insured and someone can go drive them. I'm just responsible. We've still been driving them, but not quite as heavily. So I, I need to figure that out so that I can continue to share cars with friends, family, and get people out there driving them.
3: Well, I think it's really cool what you do because there's a lot. I would say maybe an older generation of car collectors have these giant garages full of cars and they never get driven. They yeah. sell these cars like two miles pushed around, you know, all that stuff. So I think it's really cool that you've made a mission to share these cars, which are truly extraordinary, with people who appreciate them.
2: Yeah, I do. I do my best. I mean, so, it's 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 like the, I I couldn't touch these or drive these when I was young. So uh, it yeah. brings we, we become we all become numb to them. Like it's like oh, we got to take the GT3 today man i wanted to take like the you know the the p1 or something like it's weird how numb you become to, to owning them and how normalized it is but like someone will come in here for the first time and see a 765 lt or the porsche 918 and like they get to sit in it and like they'll remember that three years later mm-hmm. um they'll remember that motivating that time. too very it motivating so many, like i've gotten letters mailed to my house um which is a little weird but it's also fine uh, and just how much like that changed their life and how they went That's and bought awesome. this car. Wow. And so it's, it just knowing that just con- continues to make right. me want to do it. So speaking
4: about, uh, I guess like you, you drive them, you obviously don't drive them nearly as hard as uh whistling diesel, no. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure obviously you saw his new video with the uh,
2: Ferrari. Do yeah. you think he's going to get sued by Ferrari? Like, I, I texted I him when it, when it got pulled down, I'm like, did like for, give you problems? cause I've never had problems and like mine's matte wrapped. Um, if I didn't exhaust on it, I would never tell you guys. Um, <laughs> and we heavily modified my 488 GTB that is now gone. I sold it. Um, I've never had problems with those, but I've heard that, that they're All notorious right. for going after people. Uh, I don't think I know anybody personally that they've gone after, but like, I thought that that was why it got pulled down. And he's like, no, no. He's like, I think that he's like, they demonetized it. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that there was something that was in the video that he went and changed, and then he put it back up. But I'm like, well, you should still send it, even if it's not demonetized. Absolutely. He's like, he's like, I'm not putting that up if I'm not getting paid. I like, right. i'm like, no man, kidding. I'm, yeah, he's got I'm a lot of like, money I'm, in uh, that video. I'm like, I appreciate the guy. Yeah, for real. And and I appreciate him all the better. And he is like, have you guys met him? Yeah, he's I, in my. I think he's such a good dude. Like he <laughs> he was so much more respectful than than like he he asked about everything. He's like, can I throw this beanbag at, at your Bugatti? I'm like. <laughs> all right
3: what uh, an odd question
2: <laughs> but, but what about just, the egg when he threw the yeah, egg yeah yeah we did that like a block from here um and he asked about it and i'm like all right like we 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 did some testing ahead of time to make sure it wasn't going to scuff and scratch and it had it had a ppf and then stradman wrapped it for yeah. us so it had two that layers of wrap. A So i'm like mm. that's actually pretty Probably convenient good, yeah. timing for him yeah um <laughs> so so we were, we were all right with it. And like, um, but when he did donuts, he asked about doing donuts in it. Like, that was the scariest part right of my day. Right next to that I curb. Bet. Yeah. He was so close. Like, <laughs> so you were nervous. I was wondering Very. that. <laughs> you don't it, seem like you ever get nervous. The most uh, like I didn't. And then like, <laughs> That happened. That was like the first, and then when Alex Choi drove me in that Porsche right there, that was the scariest time. He's a one crazy of, driver. Uh, he's a good driver, obviously, but like, dude was going like eighty rips. miles an hour down like curvy roads like this. I'm like, if there's one patch of wall, like I'm like, we, I could die in a yeah. moment here. Yeah. Had a good life. I don't. Yeah, need to I, don't I, I don't need know this. Where so, for this YouTube so,
4: video. so Ferrari yes. will send you a cease and desist if you put a who knows exhaust on. I know about Allegedly. the wraps. I've heard about that or modifying the emblems it's, it's
2: all potential hearsay so really i, I don't i don't know and but
4: i i probably can't i i definitely can't speak for whistling but this is maybe just what it seems like to me i feel like he maybe wants them to send him a cease and desist maybe that would be like he would go off and well, it would like it'd
1: end be like storyline yeah like, it'd
2: be like uh the perfect yes exactly have, what he wanted to happen and then he'd have three more videos about yep. him going exactly exactly, exactly. exactly. i don't know if series. i'd want to go to
3: court against ferrari though
2: that's true yeah, you, that you, might yeah, be
4: what's the worst case scenario maybe yeah. you give
2: back your ferrari I and mean, it's yeah, it, probably. Is it gonna be worth
4: and time the, the time and it and there's even
2: some crazy content like there, there's a video and i'm not going to go into it too detailed but the, the, there's like a video that we have that can be an, an amazing performing video right now that we've already filmed and, and it involved like there's risk there like we were in the right and and to some extent um we were threatened with false information like if we continued posting or if we said something. So, like, this like, video will be a million... All oh, I, I can't say who it is, oh. but... Oh, my gosh. Like, there is some really wow. suspicious things said. Like, I, I actually filmed this video to protect myself. Like, if this stuff was... If this fake stuff was to go public. Really? Like, I have a video ready to launch immediately. Um, or, yeah, who knows? But wow. it's it's just crazy. I don't know. That one's, that one's, that one's interesting.
1: Dude, isn't it wild that you start this like billion dollar company and now you're dealing with like <laughs> YouTube videos yeah. and shit, like the things that we deal with day to day.
2: It's uh it, and, I, and I think I enjoy, I enjoy both of them actually like getting back in the trenches of custom offsets fitment and all the companies. Like it's really fun. Like I, I started out doing really high level stuff, like looking at wages as a percentage and working with the team to fix that. And now it's like I'm negotiating with suppliers. I'm, I'm working on a slow moving inventory problem i'm working in the warehouse for a day like i love that stuff i love working closely with um with every team member not just my leaders i'm finding it a lot more fulfilling what i'm doing but the youtube videos some some of it's work like some of it i don't look forward to like some of it's like i gotta go like we just shot a vlog on a new car that i have coming in and like I, I love getting the new car, but knowing that I have to commit two hours to like creating a vlog around it, you're like, you gotta think what you're gonna say, and you know you want to. It's not even that. Like I really? I can come up. It's just knowing that I have to. Like I don't want to. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to go shoot a two hour. I'm sure there's so plenty. Why? Yeah. Why? I obviously, because you want to give back. I guess. But well, you need to create content. Like we need to keep creating content mm-hmm. and growing the channel. Like. Um, Why? So Why do you want to? Yeah, like, like
4: I, to me, I look at you. I'm like this. You, you've won it, life. You got, <laughs> you know you got your family. You got an awesome job. You got. Sure. I mean, everything you could possibly want. I would imagine.
2: I think it's because it, it affords me so other opportunity. Like for every one video that's that's work and that I'm not looking forward to, where I'm like, I got to go drive this for two hours, talk like when in actuality i just want to go drive it have fun go do donuts but i got to film it it's got to be edited for every one that's work there's two that are fun right. and then one of the two that are fun are opportunities to meet people like you guys or to meet whistle and diesel like my like whistle and diesel gave my my son the little rc bugatti that he that he raced in our or his video like um unspeakable flew out to our house um and did a track he's killing
4: us. it oh he's been did, killing it for a long time but yeah, yeah and, he's, and he's
2: definitely younger generation but right. like um it's amazing david dobrik came to my house like and it's it's not even that i'm meeting these people it's that it's that they get to meet like my kids like these like it means a lot to them i think to meet these people just just knowing that i'm giving people access to these guys mm-hmm. that they could have never met like it's that means a lot to me um and that is very fulfilling so uh, and we also got to go to it like there's some really fun stuff that we get mm-hmm. to do i'm sure you guys feel the same way maybe you want a minute but there's probably some vlogs where you're like God, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm doing it because I know it'll probably, it'll probably do. Okay. And oh, but, but we have well, to keep yeah. <laughs> All the some days. Some days you yeah. don't feel like filming, but you the gotta, hard, the you hardest part to, is yeah. when it's so
1: fucking cold, you know, <laughs> like, dude, I do not want to go outside right now. <laughs> it's 20 below, out, yes. but we're like, eh, it's yes. not that bad let's yeah. go and then yeah. there's
2: some cringy shit where like i had i went in my resvani and we made a bathtub in the resvani and you're like i'm like god i gotta go to drive throughs sitting in <laughs> yeah. just swim trunks oh yeah but like but it's so funny when you yeah. watch it and it's such a different video for us that mm-hmm. that like it's done it's over with i didn't want to do it but it was funny so i'm glad that yeah that's the through.
4: best feeling too when you're like you're like oh, i really don't want to do this and then you're just like whatever we're gonna do it and then you do it and then you're just so happy like uh, that you did yeah. it after it's over yes.
1: and- yep how good does it feel though when you get like a one out of 10 video and you know very, that like you put all this work into the video and it actually worked and people love it though yeah like the very best.
2: very good um that is one of the best feelings ever and then it does the little like for those of you that have the YouTube fireworks. channels, the little sprinkles or the fire fireworks are like, I don't think it works on mobile. It doesn't do the fireworks. It does it for me on mobile. I think maybe it does. Maybe, okay. I, maybe yeah, I just know like, it does. Mind. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and for us, like I think our, our videos have done really well in general, I'd say now we're in a little bit more of a slump where, um, and I, I said this on the, the podcast I did with Graham Stefan, but like I, I still, even though it's very like loosely run here, like we still have metrics that, that I want them to stick by. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, and I don't know what you guys look at, but the more subs you have, the more views that you should get on a video. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you have 3 million subs and you're only getting 300,000 or 200,000 views on a video, then you're not doing so well. Um, So I try to make it a third of our sub count is a a pretty good video. And then two thirds or more is a solid video. So we're at 400,000 subs. Anytime that we're doing 250K plus, like we've made a, a solid video, we're averaging around 200K to two. If you took the average of our last 20 videos, it's probably that 225 to 250k which is really solid right um and that's like what whistle and diesel performs at like he's got four and a half plus million subs and every video is getting three plus million like and and the bigger you get the harder it is Mm -hmm. that's what she said Um, (laughs) you can't set yourself up for that stuff. Uh, so like so he is really but he's also like bold and like i will never be that bold and dangerous it's weird how the older you get the more conservative you get even though you have less years to live it's it's just weird, and when you're young, you yes, go. You That's
3: an interesting that perspective. <laughs> yeah. it's, of-
2: it's true though. Like you're like he, he's in his early twenties, like twenty four. I think. Yeah, or twenty three. Yeah. By the way, he inspired me to get a tattoo. It was my first ever tattoo. He yeah. had a tattoo in his hand of his um, of his uh, girlfriend's birthday, and I'm like, it was really small, really subtle. And I'm like, if I ever get one, it's going to be small and subtle. And then it was like old timey typewriter font. So when I was in Vegas, I got. My wife's birthday tattooed. Nice.
3: I noticed um, that it uh, looked fresh. It,
2: that's, it's that's so cool. fresh and so clean. Uh, so that was pretty. That's. I, I didn't want to pose off the guy, but I thought it was so cool that I wanted to replicate it. Everyone's stealing his ideas and shit.
4: I know, <laughs> he's yeah. Now he's stealing his tattoos. tattoos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I should go take my LaFerrari off road now and, and go beat just it send and send it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so
4: uh, you uh, like how's 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 things been with obviously. You're extremely busy working mm-hmm. on the business. Yeah. Now you're working on YouTube. Yes. You got your family. You got your wife
2: that you brought up. Like yep. there must be a balancing act that comes with that. Definitely. Yeah. Like there's like, you know, weekends and evenings are, are for the family. And then there's a lot of time I can schedule between like I pick up the kids a lot from school at three, three thirty. Um, yes. take them like there's it's kind of like weaving my schedule around that. So it's that that's kind of the core schedule is making sure they're they're taken to school, taken care of when Caroline can't. And there's a lot of days where it's just me because she'll exercise workout. So like that's kind of the, the solidified thing. And then the work is scheduled like all around that stuff. And we try to travel a lot too because I read that one of the, or the biggest thing that people do once they start making good income is travel. Like that's that's the biggest differentiator. It's not going and buying super and hyper cars. It's like the travel increases significantly. And like there's a reason for that. Like it's so fun uh, to just get out, go to the Bahamas, go to Hawaii, go to Florida, um, if you guys have seen some of the videos, which I'm sure you have, like Disney World, is, I'm huge um, on Disney yeah, World.
4: I, I caught on to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, You like, said
2: you go to Disney World like 10 times a year or something? Yeah, I mean, we're, we spend about one out of every four or five days in that area. Um, That's if, insane. if you Yeah, yeah, it's kind of nuts. You're kind of a big kid. I know, I, I, <laughs> like I eat a lot of sugar, like I drink. I want to be like, like you. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I, I mean,
4: like, I, I, when I'm, as I get older, I want
2: to be <laughs> even more like, I'm not I'm, close I'm, to it, but. I'm more of a, I'm more of a child, I think, than a lot of people in there, than probably them. Um, but yes, that's, that's the way you have to be. So, so do you pick up the kids from school in these things? I do. Yeah. We've, we've that's taken awesome. like. That must draw a crowd. Yes. There, were, there was a period <laughs> for like three solid weeks. I'd show up in a different car every day. <laughs> And, uh, and then once we had all the cars out doing a vlog and, and like my son needed to be picked up, I'm like, we're going to have to take them all there. Like that's the only option. So we show up with like 10 super and hyper cars to pick <laughs> no him up. One of which was the Bluesmobile that was just with us shooting a vlog. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Weird. You got limos though too, don't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Those are like some of my favorite cars. I, I drove them extensively this weekend. We're
4: big limo guys too.
2: Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. Eight.
4: We've had two. What kind? Uh, shitty ones. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like what year
0: and what
4: uh, I think the first one was like a 2001 Lincoln, Lincoln town car. And, uh, it was the best. It's not like rap, rap pee. <laughs> um, but we had so much fun in it. Yeah. I think we bought it for like $3,000 wow. and, uh, that's where it all started. We, yeah. we ended up chopping the roof off and doing a convertible oh limo. And then at the, after that we did, a we made a hot tub out of it and uh, drove
2: around. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, mine's less about <laughs> going and doing crazy stuff. I, I just like that it it brings you into a different, like, era. Yeah. I feel like I'm, in the, like I'm driving this car, and it's 1983. Like, that's why I love it. And and so they're very untouched other than rewiring them and making everything work. Um, so I have the 83 Fleetwood Brougham, and then I have an 89 Lincoln Town Car. Those were, like, the two pinnacle limos of the 80s. And so I wanted to get both of them, and, and like, the kids actually enjoy them until my 83 broke down on the road the other day and like my daughter was wigging out a little bit because we're in the middle of this busy ass right. highway. The battery's dead. So like the That's hazards scary. are barely on, like it's dark. I'm like, I had to get the kids out. We're pushing the car like as quickly as possible. <laughs> like she's- I got
1: two make cars. For <laughs> like this.
2: For real. She's freaking out in the car, like not making matters better. I'm like, uh, she's never going to go in this limo again, uh, <laughs> but I still freaking love them. Are you kids driving? No, they're not, not, not. So no, no, no. like, what are you, what are you
4: going to do for like a first car? Have you, I thought I about think, that
2: yet or like it's not going to be it won't be modest but it'll be far more modest than this um like i really like the tesla model three that's and, a great uh, car
4: yeah like i'm not gonna like there's you're not a, gonna put them in a turd wagon no there's
1: <laughs>
2: there's a lot of that culture where the kids get like super hyper cars they're wearing like thousand dollar i'm like that will never be my kids like they go to public schools like i i just won't put them in a private school i think there's a lot to be learned and that's there's nothing wrong with private schools i just i think that a public school there's something wrong with private schools. He, he went to a private hotel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. there's lots. There's lots of good people that come from them, but I want them to live a normal uh, life as possible, and th- that's not possible to some extent. But like, a Model Three is not humble, but it's also like a safe car that's quick and like it's neat and fun, mm-hmm. uh, reliable. Maybe it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, safe. Pretty base level. Yeah, yeah. Um, or like a G, like a like a Wrangler. Like it'd be cool yeah. for them to have the Rubicon Three. My my wife has the 392, so that oh, that is nice. an expensive jeep but like it'd be neat for them to go whip a jeep ring the rubicon 392 that's supercharged to school and it's not like a it's not a it's Lamborghini thing, anything. Yeah, it's An not Audi. too eye eye catching and yes
1: i mean at the end of the day you still own a wheels entire company yep and uh the car industry has made you you know who you are today so sure. you, you almost got to have your
2: sons or your daughter rolling around in something cool they have to have enthusiasm even the model three isn't enthu- like we would slide i would probably put wheels on it and we'd probably put a body kit on it the, the rubicon 392 is an enthusiast vehicle like it would sure. have to be some kind of enthusiast vehicle they're not going to get a camry they're not going to get something
3: that's boring what, what do you think of the 392? It seems to me that Jeeps maybe don't drive the best and putting a giant motor in it would make it a death trap.
2: It's incredibly fun. <laughs> my uh, One of the other uh, owners of the company, Ryan Witten, bought one too. And it's just a really fun car. However, it's governed at 99 miles an hour. which Probably oh, for good reason. <laughs> I, go over I hit it every time I drive and I'm like, oh gosh, dude. I just want to, like even my Rivani which is a Jeep, I'll hit like 120 in that thing and I'm like, Cool, man. This thing's like, yeah. I'm like, I could die or flip at any moment. But cool, man. I'm going 120. uh But that frustrates me. However, it is like you're next to someone, and and they're in like a Mustang, and I'm in this Jeep, and like I just zoom off, and they're probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that thing sounded, and it's the first V8 in a, in a Jeep in 40 years, and it's incredibly fun. However, we we put the supercharger on, and it added like 30 horsepower, and we're like, how did it only had 30 horsepower? The tune shop's like. Well, we couldn't really tune it any higher than that because these engines are notoriously underbuilt. He's like, I could, but your engine would fall apart. I'm like, well, that's great to know. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. do that. After, I, after I've invested 14, I would have never put the supercharger in if I knew that they could only limit Go it to thir- 30. They didn't
1: tell you that?
2: Nobody said anything. Yeah. You know what I love about you, Steve, is
1: is everyone always dreams of getting to where you're at, right? Where you get the money and you can buy all these cars. Sure. But you drive them and you oh, treat yeah. them exactly how everyone would always dream that. Sure. And that's yes. like my favorite part is that you're like, you're actually mobbing these things down the street like, yes. like a 18
2: year old kid would. I, I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot smart. Like I'm not, I'm not speeding. I'm speeding in the right areas. Like <laughs> yes, that's what right. my buddy CJ says.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what CJ said. We, and he yeah. only gets one ticket every three weeks. <laughs> oh,
2: well, I was going to say, I used to get a ticket, two to three tickets a year. Um, I have I've had well over 35 40 tickets I've had none in the last three years and it's because you just kind of like you're like there's a right place and a wrong place to speed like I don't want to speed where there's a lot of intersections crossroads homes but like there's plenty of stretches that that don't have any of that and and they're they're very unlikely to probably be patrolled so like those are the ones that I'm going 100 120 150 plus on there's allegedly stretches, yeah <laughs> allegedly in Mexico and then there's certain uh, highways that that have like long stretches like you know that it's not possible to patrol, yeah. And so that's where I really try to get my aggression out.
1: Uh, <laughs> Dude, I saw the video of you doing two hundred in your Pukai.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Two hundred eleven miles an hour. Um, I can't disclose where, but yes. What Mexico. does that feel like? Uh, scary? Well, not scary. Like the the problem was I hit it, and then there was a curve way up ahead, right? And then so I start braking, but you are like, you can't hard brake at that speed. Yeah. So like the curve got taken, it like. 130, 104, so it's kind of, you kind of forget, you just don't realize how quickly it comes up, that's what she said, and uh, (laughs) it's like, it's so far ahead, where where I I break cautiously, but like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I needed to break even earlier, and then, and that was one that I I texted the crew, that was when I went to 11, and and I'm going around the curve, and I, and, and there was, the Senna was right behind me, and that's when I'm like, all right guys like we need to chill a little bit more than that on the highway like and I was leading the cuz so it's my fault <laughs> everyone's like what but the I'm fuck like, is that supposed to <laughs> mean like, aren't you leading we need to chill a little bit more than that like it's it's just not worth it um maybe we'll just go at 130 140 but, but I don't know about this 211 shit but it is tough cuz you got a
3: Bugatti It's almost like you have to
2: Well, the Bugatti's actually shipped off to uh to be auctioned uh, Really? So, so I I want to get a Veyron and an EB110 this year so I, I, and then I have the, the Chiron SS coming later this year. So as goofy as it sounds, I wanted to like not have a Chiron for a good 10 months so that it's all the more fun when I do get it.
1: It yep. yeah, actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does indeed.
2: What's your favorite car in the fleet? 918 all day. Really? So fun. Really? And then we, we put an exhaust in it, which made it better and also made it worse. Like it's, it's, a, it gives me a headache when I drive it. But like when the, when this, the top is off, like it's something about a gas motor. When I was in a Tesla, I drive a lot safer they're faster, like the acceleration on that's faster than anything I have here, my plaid that I had, but like, you don't hear the engine rumbling behind you. Oh, it's fun. So it's like, you, you just, you just drive more conservative and then it has autopilot. I'm like, well, I'm lazy. Like, I'm just going to throw autopilot on and let this thing drive me at the speed limit the entire way to exercise or whatever. But these are like, I mean, there's no autopilot. They're loud. You can feel the engine rumbling. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need to go, uh, 137 <laughs> miles an hour, um, on this little block here.
4: So with like the car market, you know, obviously there was a stint where you could, uh, buy a Lamborghini and make money on it. And now it's obviously coming back down. Do you think, let's say if I was going to buy a, an Audi R8 or a, a Huracan, would it be a bad time to buy it right now?
2: I think the market still has some correcting to do. Um, it would have been a really bad time to buy it six months ago um uh, <laughs> i bought i bought a hurricane six months ago oh shit
3: eh, you were uh, more like eight so maybe even worse yet yeah
1: so i don't know what i bought hurt- it at the peak of the market <laughs> oh my gosh i've lost so much money on it i don't actually yes, want to think that, about it that but, will happen
2: yeah uh and that was about yeah six six eight months ago was pretty much peak market value and then it's come down pretty hard um yeah i know the hurricanes so, <laughs> so like bad. looking back at hurricanes they got as cheap as about 175 180 and i don't know what they're at what's like the cheapest uh, I was, I've been seeing them drives. for like
4: oh the two wheels. I don't even look. I just look at the six ten fours, and uh, yeah. those are like you can get them for like one
2: eighty right now. Okay, so they're they're getting back down to where they were at, but that but that was where they were at three years ago. So they have to come down lower than that. Like yeah. So that that's the thing is like they can't hold that value, um, especially with interest rates rising. Like um, even the Aventadors are getting where they were at three years ago, but th- there's more correcting that has to be done because they're three years older. Um, now that doesn't go for all cars. There are cars that you can buy. You can make money on the four GT has held strong. Like those are four hundred thousand dollars. I paid two eighty five two something for that.
4: I make. I've made money on my GTR. If I was to sell it today,
2: well, that, there's, they're not building them anymore. Yeah, so that could, that, could be that part helps. of it. I'm gonna lose a shit ton of money right, on that. It costs one. so much to get it like that, but yes, yes, and you guys should buy it. Uh, <sighs> Dude. The, G, the GT3 like Porsche is notorious for building a car that holds like their their special GT3 RS has always held value. You can go get a fifteen year old one for like. 170 180 and that's what they were new like it's it's crazy how well those hold their value but then there's some cars that will rapidly deteriorate um so yeah unfortunately you're gonna yeah take a bath on that one
1: i i figured i've probably lost 50 grand on it (laughs)
2: you just gotta do
1: something something really entertaining with it and then you can make up for it yeah yeah by by making it worth even less yeah the company's (laughs) gotta buy it from me first so boy Uh, you guys all be partners with me oh
4: shoot (laughs) we actually bought uh your guys's f350 the archon truck oh really and uh that thing's been it's been good to us. I love driving it. It's really bumpy, just because you know it's a huge lifted yes. tw- on twenty six inch yeah. wheels. That you'll have that, but uh, that thing honestly is the most eye grabbing mm-hmm. vehicle in our fleet. But uh, speaking of doing crazy stuff with it, we've done some some good stuff with it and good.
2: good yeah, good, good. we I bought the sister, so we ordered one up there and then I ordered one down here, and I had the uh, the other F two fifty diesel. Um, for about a year, and then we sold that one as well. But those are a lot of fun.
3: Those are really nice. Yeah, we sure would drive is. it a lot more, but the Minnesota is really hardo on truck laws, and we have some people that are really hardo around us, and it makes it really tough to drive because it's like yeah. a five six hundred dollar ticket if you get pulled over. Ouch.
2: Yeah, I heard. I heard Pennsylvania is like the worst in the nation for for those kind of laws too. Yes, it's unfortunate. I mean, they're there for a reason, but it sucks.
3: That's you guys a, have real crime down here, so hopefully you go driving your cars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you go 45 minutes east of here, and yeah, you better uh, you better be packing. Where I was <laughs> going with that, I think,
4: was we've done some like kind of outlandish stuff with it, and we've been hard on it. But yeah. honestly, it it I think it looks just as good still as it pulled good. off the floor. Yeah, it's really yeah. held up.
2: And, and you made me think of uh, something. Like it's weird. Like we'll do some really phenomenal content. I'm shifting back to content. My my brain will go like nine directions. But it's like you're talking about it. that, that made me think about like you'll do some content that's different for your channel, but it's like really, really good and genuine and it won't do well. And like, it's unfortunate where, where I'm like taking my Rizvani off-roading it. Like the Rizvani doesn't typically do well unless there's drama behind it. And like, even when we're filming the pickup, which we haven't aired yet, but like, and it, and it breaks down on the way home. We're like, gosh, damn it. Like now, now the video is going to do well because it, because it exploded. But I also, uh, my response is also exploded. Mm-hmm. It's like negative. Um, so, yeah, so that's it the thing about
1: YouTube is like, people just love the, uh, the negative side of things.
2: I know when the Senate wrecked, we're like, we have to get this edited and up quickly because everybody's going to tell their own narrative. And then that was a million view video, right? Yeah. Um, we're hanging out with Stradman and some Karen walks up. I'm like, Oh my God, like this is going to do really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's usually the ones that do the best are, are some of the ones that take the least amount of work that Karen video took like 15 minutes to film and it's like our third or fourth best gold um and then our our collection tours always do phenomenal when we do the full tour those always do three plus million so that'll be a recurring thing and my collection changes so much like when we film it again maybe later this year it'll be a completely different collection so we do the same thing yeah yeah you almost you almost have to right but but it's weird broader market i think it was james stradman that said like don't give up on those videos like if, if they're good the more of those you do like people uh you will acclimate other types of viewers and and they will start to perform well. Like I started doing ones on, on business and like very different. And like those those did like they did the one third of followers, so they did like the B minus job. But the sub the sub ad was like three x mm-hmm. of so that hundred thousand viewers. I added a thousand subs, which is hot. A thousand subs per every hundred thousand views is high. awesome. So so you have to treat that almost like a two fifty or three hundred thousand view because that's mm-hmm. the amount of subs that that it got if you equate it all out. You hang out with like all these really successful youtubers you've met
4: way more than us oh yeah um obviously david dobrik's sure whistling diesel do they give you any like, like advice that you we, can share with us and the <laughs> to-
2: I, I think i think some of them like get asked so much where like it's where it's almost like like david dobrik's like consistency like that was his yeah. answer he probably knows a lot but like I, I as big as he is there may be even be a liability to what advice he gives out who knows yeah um and so like, you also don't want to give away your secret sauce, but like, honestly, I don't really mind at the end of the day. I don't like, I think that there's a ton of little, I guess that's the easiest way to put it is there's a ton of little things. There's 20 little things and maybe a few big things, some of which are swapping out your titles. And I don't know if you guys will swap out your title. We do. Yeah. And, and, and thumbnails, and thumbnails. Yeah. Um, I, I heard that's one of the most effective things and we've seen it where you're, where you wait an hour, you see how the video performs. And then if it doesn't do well, you swap out that. And then you'll see a small spike and you're like, okay. And and usually it only does a small lift. There's a few videos where we're like, wow, that, that made a substantial impact. Um, but by and large, that only seems to help out a little bit for us. I don't even know how important consistency is, like David Dobrik would say. Yeah, um, right, because
4: then you got Whistling posting one video a month sometimes or even two months and he's killing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, but it's also the quality of content. Like yeah, There are other people that have, that have collections like this and they don't get as much engagement because... It could be their personalities. They might not be catering to like, there's certain things that I want to do that won't perform well. So I'm not going to do them. Like, I want to make sure that we know that the video is going to perform well. Like I'll still go do fun stuff. We're just not going to vlog it. Yeah. Um, like we'll go take a cruise to, you know, a three hour cruise somewhere in these, and and go hit up a bunch of restaurants and like plan a really fun thing about it and like people would love to be a part of that but I don't think they want to watch some cruise it takes away from it too yeah it, if it's
4: not worth the time then it's like well we should just try to be present and enjoy
2: it yeah and it's weird how when you first start filming how how awkward it is to have like a camera rolling. and you guys have been mm-hmm. doing it so long where I don't know even know if you remember that moment but like uh, you and then you become numb to it you're like well pop up pop out the camera like we're in a walmart we're shopping like yeah get get the camera out like the
1: best example we're
2: we're in public (laughs) yes and it's so weird at first we like are people watching like but now it's just all right whip it out man i'm mic'd up i'm ready to go Mm -hmm. it it was a lot harder though when you were like small
4: and also i mean so we've been doing this for we're coming up on seven years yeah and especially where where we're from i mean there there's no youtubers so why are you guys in Minnesota? where we grew up man <laughs> but I think that's the best re- that's really the best reason why I'm out here but we, we love it though I mean especially with the content we do we do a little bit of everything yeah. and uh, we really try to to make the center is just uh, kind of the group's camaraderie yeah. and uh, you know it just started out with us hanging out and just started yep. filming and then started learning more and basically kind of teaching ourselves as the time went on in minnesota like we love to to snowmobile we love to do dirt bikes we love cars and and being that we're in such a secluded area it actually works to our benefit and then on top of that there's a lot of you know i mean most of america is probably you know kind of small town or
2: um so i think a lot of kids can resonate with it exactly Mm -hmm. yeah i I think uh, a lot like there's a lot of people doing the same type of content that we're doing but i think a lot of it does have to do with camaraderie personality exactly and uh and so that that is important, and like we all get along really well with yeah. with Tommy and Aiden. Like it's and that's important. Like that that was one of the biggest hiring things when we hired Aiden, who's our most recent hire rate right? our video Like he has to be able to hang with the group and and get along, and like he just has to have that personality. Um, also one that I'm not going to get sued at. Uh, I'm not going to mm-hmm. get sued when, when it's very, uh, very, I don't know how to say it, but we, we are a little insane, like as crazy as we are on camera, we're three times that off camera. So. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, yeah. probably like us too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's most people. And you have to be careful. You have to trust your editor too, because there's probably a lot of stuff that would get like this point. Pl- and anybody that says there's that they are a cancel free, like that's bullshit. Like every yeah. single influencer has plenty that will get them canceled and there's plenty that we've all said and done that would get us canceled and, and you yeah. have to be careful who you like uh, they have to sign ndas and other stuff like no, and absolutely. you guys should do that if, so yeah, yeah we, we
1: say that all the time though is like at the end of the day it shouldn't really matter what we're filming as long as the vibes are high yeah yeah it's yeah, the most important the thing dynamic so like if if uh somebody's like pissed off or like something just happened we're like all right well Let's film in like an hour, then. Yeah. Yeah. so like we don't go into it like somebody mad. But if yeah, one then.
4: person's pissed off, though, it's almost kind of funny.
2: Well, <laughs> I know. And it it's, well it's like a certain uh, situations, yeah. definitely. That that person for us is usually Natalia. Oh, really? <laughs> She'll be like, and like Tommy and I are the worst. <laughs> so you're you're poking at the bear. Yeah. yeah. No, oh no. I'd say we're poking at. A, <laughs> I'd say we're poking at a cat. Okay. <laughs> we call her a cat because you you, know, you can you never know how many times you you can pet her until like the cat just fucking. <laughs> you. And then and then one day the cat. That's like, oh, fine, Danny, pet me one day, like the same thing, same input, but like the cat wants nothing to do with you. That's Natalia. Um, <laughs> kind of sounds like Ken. Yeah, you got to have nice. that, though. Nice. That's part of every good group yeah, dynamic, I feel yeah. like. It's essential. So yeah. so we'll, we'll notice her in a bad mood and we usually won't back off at all.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's
2: exactly what we do. She's a good sport, though. So do you think
1: that it's been harder to create a YouTube channel in this day and age or create a wheel company back when you first started because um, it's like
2: completely different
1: but i mean you're still building something
2: i guess the glory days of youtube sounded like it was 15 16 17 when like that's one thing when i've talked to everybody like it was so much easier to build a channel back then and it, there's so much competition now actually yeah. is what i usually oh, hear yeah. versus metrics like you're just going up against so many more people i think we've been pretty lucky like a half nearly a half million followers and really we only have had content going since i uh, like we did a few videos that did a thousand views and then like our first tour video, which was maybe our fifth or sixth video, like that's the one that did well at the end of October in 2021. So it's been like 14, 15 months um, of having actual like scheduled content and a half million subs is pretty awesome. good yes, for that time awesome. period. So like I'm, I'm jaded, I think a little bit by that um, in that it's been going really well. Like it doesn't feel like it's been a huge challenge, um, but the business has been a 20-year grind, um, and I think like to start this today would be significantly harder. Okay. Um, now, granted, I have a huge car collection, so like I think any Joe Schmo could go and build a channel out of these. I don't. I think we've seen that there there are actually a lot of channels you may never heard about with super hypercars that that just they don't grow or they don't do well. Um, they may have sub 100,000 subs. Like there's there's definitely an element to creating good, engaging content, having good personalities. Like, but at the end of the day, someone could probably grow a channel to 100,000 viewers within a year, even if it's pretty mediocre, maybe not. But starting a starting a business, especially in our industry would be like, when I launch a new website, it takes two to three years for it to be profitable. And that's with our huge data, our wow. team, our marketing. Mm-hmm. So that makes me feel great though. Like mm-hmm. to know how difficult it is, let us know how special the wheel and tire companies we have are, and how difficult it would be to compete against us. So, if you
4: were, um, let's say, in you're 21 tomorrow, yeah. you're going back to you're broke again. You don't have any. You don't know where you're going in life. Yeah, because I'm sure there's a lot of people honestly listening right now that are trying to. They want to be successful like you. Like, what would be your
2: first step? Um, that is a great question, <laughs> uh, because it is. So hard to start something without money. Like they always say, the rich get richer, the poor get poor, and like it's an unfortunate saying. But you realize as you make more money, there's so much more opportunities to make money. I'm like, I told there's so many. Morning. Yeah, we literally. It's su- but it morning. but it, it sucks and it's unfortunate. Like there's there's several ideas I have in the pipeline that I know would be successful that I can leverage my social media channel. Uh, they just require a little bit of money and subjective at the end of the day but to start a business a little bit of money a couple hundred thousand dollars is a little bit of money to start and build especially like a manufacturing business um but that's a lot of money to someone else and that that's what it requires to probably foster most ideas it depends like if my skill set like with my current skill set I can't develop I can't I might go partner myself like I'll think of an idea I might go partner myself with someone that has strong web dev capabilities and someone that's young, right out of school, that doesn't need money right away and work together with that person to build an idea that I have on the app side. Like I genuinely do have an idea. And if I believed in it strongly enough, it's a lot of, it's about giving up some equity and partnering with someone
4: that can build it. I'm I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. There's a service or a product that, that we thought of that actually won't take too much upfront capital that could do well. And so that's, that's one that I would go and it's like a bakery item. So I would go to local mass bakery producers pitch my idea, see if I can, you know, with minimal amount of money, get them to manufacture. I can design like an idea for the label. Like I can do that all pretty cheap. Um, but like developing and building a product, there's another one that, that will require a couple hundred thousand dollars and that's building like an actual like product. And so I, th- I think I'd probably go surround myself and do like an app or something, to be honest with you. That's the hardest but it's the one that can scale and make you the money the fastest.
1: That's int- I was actually going to ask you about like the, the rich just continuing to make more money and uh-huh. the poor. And it just seems like everyone keeps talking about like this recession and like, you know, we're in hard times right now. And um, do you think that that's true? Like the, the it's, people it's, that have money are going to just make more
2: and it's just like more dividing. Well, it's, it's weird right now because I feel like the average person, the recession hasn't hit them as hard yet. Like it's, uh, and, and i 'm not the average person, but like I try to talk a lot with the average person like wage, inflation has happened right, but wages have increased really strongly over the last few years it's really easy to go and find a job like to me, i don't think the general population has has felt the recession as hard they 've definitely felt inflation but but like when you talk to business owners they're like it's weird that employment's like this, but like my, like my construction businesses like every business owner I talk to is struggling. Um, and, and it's, and they're facing challenges, but the employment market is kind of jading how it is because there's still such a need in the service sector. And so it's this weird thing that has to catch up at some point. I, I think that recession is, is hurting the top level actually right now and spending is decreasing there. And then ultimately I think it's going to affect everybody. It's, it's hard to kind of quantify that or explain it, but I, it feels like something's coming. You, know, you think it's continuing to get worse? I mean, yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's getting better. Like inflation is still a little crazy. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like it's getting better anytime soon. We just did a vlog actually where, where we went to my old, all my old apartments that I grew up in. I grew up in like eight different apartment buildings. We visited four of them. And first of all, I was shocked at how like the living conditions, one of them was nicer. Like one of them gentrified. Uh, and the other three were like, wow, like this is, it was probably worse actually when I lived in there because those cities have come up a little bit better. Um, but then I asked them for their rent and we paid their rent for that month. And I was like, wait, you're paying 1500 bucks a month for a dumpy two bedroom apartment. That's how much it is. I don't know what it is in Minnesota in this County, even for a dumpy apartment, it's 1500 bucks for a 900 square foot, two bedroom. I'm like, I can't imagine my parents affording something like that. I mean, my dad was making 13 bucks an hour when we lived in those apartment buildings. That's when he he got that job and we were all so pleased because I think he was making nine bucks an hour prior to that supporting of four four kids. Um, it shocks me how much rents have gone up. Like, I'm glad we do those vlogs because I learn more about the struggles that people face. And and uh, I think that it's scary how much rent's gone up, how much mortgages have gone up because of rising interest rates. And, you know, maybe people are feeling it. Um although recession usually means you're losing job, your your wage deflation, it's harder to find a job, wages are down. Like, I don't think we've seen that part yet. I think we've just seen cost of living go up. But if cost of living stays where it is and people are starting to lose jobs, then God help everybody. Who knows? Hard yeah. to tell.
1: Yeah, I guess for us, it's like it's not really worth uh, thinking about it or worrying about <laughs> it. So we might as well just keep on keeping on. Yeah, I mean,
2: people are always going to watch, watch content. It doesn't cost them any money to to watch a YouTube video at the end of the day. So if yeah. you're, if you're keeping them busy and entertained, then, then that's a win.
4: We have been trying to kind of diversify though and, and invest. Like I know, so these two have rental properties and yeah. I've been looking, but that's kind of why I was also
2: asking, I was like, is it a bad time? Should I wait till it goes lower? Um, you know, right now I wouldn't buy. Um, I think that there's going to be a little bit, it's, it's kind of the same thing. You, you peg where they were like, and properties are different than cars because cars always go down and then they get to a point where they go back up. But it's like, when they're 25 years old, they they become a collectible and then they go back up. Properties should always go up like two and a half to 3% a year. I think the, the average rate of increase is right around three. If they've popped 20% in the last two years, or like something has to, especially with rising interest rates, something has to correct. Um, they may be at their best correction level because if you look in like 08, there was a huge crash. And so there was a lot of making up to do because the crash took them way below what they actually should have been. And I bought a lot of my properties way cheaper than they really were worth at the time. Um, so I don't, I think some of that was corrected. It, the market may not correct much more than it has. Um, I think I read something that, um, property values are down five to 10% or Americans have lost five to 10% of total property value. That might include commercial and residential, um, in the last like six or eight months. So they've, they've gone down some areas, maybe not. Uh, and that might be where it stops. Uh, it's just hard to know, but like I look for, bu- I look for bubbles both ways. Like that's that's kind of what like did they drop 10 15% like did, was there some big recession that finally really hit they've identified it now people are foreclosing properties that like that's that's when i buy because i know and then properties increase 20 30% in, in the course of 2 years like i know they're pretty strong right now and something's going to correct like that's that's when i focus most of my buying efforts but you should still continue to buy a machine because you could still make as long as you target to make 7 8% like income or whatever uh, some people want 20% um, then y- you really can buy it anytime if that's your goal.
1: Yeah. Just make a little bit of cash flow on it and then you can always refinance.
2: Yes. Yeah. And, th- and that's important to know now. Like a lot of people are scared about buying homes, but like interest rates will come down. It might be five years, it might be two years, but you can always refinance.
1: Yeah. That's the funny thing about like where we're at now, we're finally making money and, and the business is doing good. Yeah. A little and, bit of money. <laughs> relative. To you. Well, you know, like, like, uh, Yeah, no, definitely a little bit of money compared (laughs) to you. Um, But now I'm trying to find a house to buy a house. And I'm like, of course, now now that I'm trying to buy a house, it's like 9% interest rates and like the prices are around us. They're still ridiculous. But
2: the mortgage for a half million dollar home Back then is the same as like a three hundred thousand dollar home mm-hmm. now. Like yeah, it's month crazy month payment. It's Yeah, it's yeah. crazy that like now you have to get that you have to settle for that three hundred thousand dollar home. And I say that around here because three hundred thousand dollars is about the one of the lowest values you can get for a home out here. Really, um, like if you bought a home mid twenty twenty, Q two Q three of twenty twenty, you you did real well. Mm-hmm. You had two and a half percent interest rates. You had like low low value right before they popped. Mm-hmm.
3: And even a yep. little later than that, everyone would tell you, "Oh, you're such an idiot! Worst time to buy a house yeah. ever!" And then now, look, it would have been a great time to buy. Yes. So it's kind of how that's how yeah. it
2: goes. Yeah, and we moved. We moved into our current home in April of 21, and I sold my my house um, that I was in right around then. And I'm like, right then, I'm like, it had already went up 10. I'm like. I know I got to sell this like as soon as possible. And then a year later, I'm like, that house went up another hundred grand. I'm like, gosh, man, like if I would have just hung on to that, but at the end of the day, I still made more than I paid for it. So I I can't think about it that way. That was like the first property I sold that kind of triggered the rest of them, but still made money. And that's, what's important.
1: What about the Florida home? You have a,
2: you built a house in Florida that you were just sold right away, right? Um, No, it's, it's still, it's up for sale, but every there's like three buyers that are ready to go they just want a certificate of occupancy so it's still being built i just got a picture of it actually last night and it looks like 98 percent of the way there so it's supposed to have a coi in a a week or two and then i expect it to sell right away my wife just didn't like the layout like i rushed her through it and i shouldn't have um i don't know why i did i think everything with me is like let's like i when i get fixated on something it's it needs to get done and it needs to get done quick my wife has done a great job like especially when it comes to sex, slowing me no, down. <laughs> <laughs> we got to know that's quick. what she said. I, mean, I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. I set myself up for that one, but like everything has to be done quickly, but like she does a great job being like, all right, just stop and like, think about this. And, and I should have listened to her on this house because we'd probably would have ended up keeping it, selling our other one down there. And it would have been a really cool house. Like it is still a great house. She just, it just doesn't flow the way that she likes it. So I'm not going to go and make that our vacation home if she's not happy with it, but there's plenty of people that, love the home the way that it is um so we'll keep our smaller one down there and we will sell off that one's Sixteen thousand square feet it's like i sorted i just went and looked online in florida for all the homes and i sorted price down and that was like the 30th most expensive which you'd think it'd be even higher than that but it was the 30th most expensive home in all of florida i'm like holy god um, that's for sale that's for sale not yeah, yeah. how much um, it's like right around nine million bucks we're going to sell that and then we'll figure out what's going to happen from there, but we'll probably just stay in the other home that we love. Mm-hmm. And that's right around the corner from that. You ship cars okay. down there. Sometimes we ship my fry down there for a little bit. My Senna was down there to get repaired. The shop that repaired it fucking made it much worse. <laughs> uh, they had it for, they had it for months. Uh, at the end, the guy's like, I just went and threw your, your tune version one back on it. I, I threw it back on from the USB and uh, it's been running pretty good. I'm like, you you took the earliest version of the tune. Like, we were on tune four or five that had been getting better, but it was still throwing. I'm like, you reverted it back to the worst tune. And then I got it, and immediately it goes into limp mode. I'm like, this, uh, this, this guy, like, dicked around with my time. And he's like, changed all the spark plugs, did a bunch of other stuff that did nothing, and then reverts the tune. And um, that was in Boca Raton. I, I almost want to call him out. I just forgot the name. <laughs> but it was in Boca Raton, and, like, I think it was Excel. Perform not pleased with them at all and then they have the audacity to post uh dino videos on their page i'm like i remember seeing an instagram story i'm like yeah you should take that down so i don't have to explain like the grief that i went through from your hack job on my car um so that's why that was down there and then we have a few cars down there we have a minivan and a tesla model x down there for dailies
1: yeah i feel like that'd be the dream you got a place down in florida and you can just bounce back and
2: forth it's wonderful having uh like annual passes for disney world have you guys been to Disney World? No, mm-hmm. actually, One I time. did when I was a little kid. But when you get to experience it as an adult, like it's and I didn't get to experience it until I was eighteen or nineteen. My wife took me down there, so I was basically an adult, a very young adult at that point. And like, I have to go somewhere twice before I really like somewhere. It's weird. I think that there's like a certain level of discomfort whenever I go somewhere for a first time, but like the second time I go down, that that's the make or break. And so the first time I, I kind of enjoyed it, but the second time I'm like, okay, this is like my home. What are we and guys doing? Like what's yeah. there to do it at Disney? World? Okay. So most people don't realize it's 40 square miles. It's like, gigantic. It's, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it its own County. Uh, city? Yeah. Zip code. Yeah. They zip have group. their own, like, yeah, they have their own like utility and everything and zip code. And so it's, it's four huge theme parks. It is two big water parks. It's the biggest outdoor shopping area that probably exists in the U S Four golf courses, like 20, 25 plus hotels, mini golf like i'm missing a lot of what else it has to offer so there's something for everybody and even epcot is like they have the rides then they have the world you can go like walk through like germany and uh and go dine in in their restaurant beer garden and have german servers mm. and you feel like like they're what they do is they spend a bunch of money on the experience because they want to it's kind of like the 1983 cadillac so i'm, I'm a big guy with <laughs> with vibe like vibe a place can have shitty food but a 10 out of 10 vibe and i will eat there every Makes a time a big I go. difference now when they have 10 out of 10 food and a 10 out of 10 vibe that's that's top notch right fuck it that's, we're getting resident <laughs> <right there>. um, <laughs> yeah. and and i and i try to talk like every influencer i've met is, is usually like no i haven't gone or i haven't gone like i'm like i need to make like a big trip where i just invite a bunch of in- like not even for filming like i don't want to vlog it i just want all of you to experience it like I've taken a lot of people down there and and I know how to experience it. I know how to walk all the parks without a map. I don't need a map at all. I know all the secrets. Like Don't flex like that. I, I, I'm yeah. in. You, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in. So like, and, and those that experience it, like Jeff with a G has been in some of our videos and he went down and experienced it my way and like I ruined him. Now he goes down there once or twice a year. Like they, you just realize how much it has to offer, how awesome it is. And there's like 250 plus restaurants there. A hundred of them are sit down. Like, the average, the average person doesn't know where, to, like, I know I've been to all of them and I've been to a lot of them, like many times. Uh, my son, Logan has been to Disney. He's 13. He's been at least a hundred times. Wow. Um, yes. Yes. So, but it's great because oftentimes I have rewards for my flights, um, just from spending money on Pet Spice Plus and other things like you get rewards. Right. So flights are paid for a good portion of the time. I have the home down there that yes, I'm paying monthly for it, but like, it's not like I'm going down there and I have to go rent a hotel. Like I have this mm-hmm. house that's, that's already bought. And then I have annual passes. So you, you just pay for them once. So Makes sense. You, I'm kind of already paying for the stuff. And every time I go down, it's, it's very minimal cost to me.
1: Are you getting some cutback from Disney here? I Steve? should, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. I wish. And I don't think, like, I, as so many people advocate for it that they get nothing. And I certainly don't. Like, I just love it. They, they do such a good job at making you feel like you're, you're like, I don't know, making you feel like a kid again. And back to the big kid thing, right? I just feel like a, a kid down there and it's wonderful that's that's amazing i don't know
3: we've been going. yeah we're probably good we won't hold you up anymore well i I just
1: want to say one more thing yeah when uh when we first went went to custom offsets yeah they picked us up from the uh, hotel that we were staying at but i got picked up specifically in this car right here oh yeah i shipped it up to the crew to borrow it for a week yeah and we were there for that week and so they picked me up in that one nice and drove uh over to the headquarters. And from that moment on, I Uh was like, this is my dream car. It was my, my screensaver for like a year and a half. And I was like, one day I'll buy one of these. So that's, I still, I still want to get one, but I think it's pretty cool. You went and got a Huracan instead. (laughs) I should have gotten that. I would have lost
2: a lot less money, but. Huracan's a bigger flex car, but like if I have 250K and I'm going to buy a supercar, that is the one I will buy every single time.
1: Yeah, that's what everyone seems to say. Like, yes. like everyone that owns one or has owned one says, like, the best car It ever. is.
2: It is wonderful. I love it. Wow. Well, One day. One day. There yes, we go. sir.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, Steve. My yeah,
4: pleasure, thank man. you for I want to be like you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How old are you guys? I'm 26. Uh, you got 13 years to catch up. <laughs> yeah. All right, we better
4: <laughs> go get <laughs> to work then. Yeah, <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't already, go check out the Hamilton collection on YouTube. Go check them out on Instagram. And, uh hit the subscribe button. We post a new podcast every week. So thank you guys so much. Thank you. And thank you, Steve. Thanks for having me,
2: gentlemen. Appreciate you guys.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully